welcome to creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast in this show we will discuss about best and worst experiences about passive and active apartment investing and i am your host ramakrishna let's begin the show today's our guest is brian brisco from forox capital welcome brian hey thanks for allowing appreciate you having me on the show yeah thanks a little bit about brian brian is a lieutenant colonel in the united states marine corps and brings years of leadership and management experience to his real estate investments as a marine officer he has proven his ability to plan lead and efficient effectively accomplish missions in both training and combat situations he has actively invested in real estate since 2007 brian is an advisor in michael blanks deal maker mastermind and a member of michael's elite investor club with that brian would you like to add anything to your background yeah you know i think that about sums it up i mean we're four oaks capital you know we've come up with a couple of uh, apartment deals we've closed on four and getting ready to close on our fifth so it's been a good little ride so far and i'm excited for it to continue awesome and how did you get started into real estate and multifamily so real estate i got started in real estate you know several years ago and it was single family homes you know like a lot of people you know and it's very cliche i read that uh, that purple book rich dad poor dad and a light went on you know and i thought wow you know i need to start buying cash flowing assets and at the time i didn't think that i had the capacity or the capability or the know-how to to get into apartments or anything commercial real estate so i i knew i could do single family and you know every once in a while i'd look at duplexes and that's that's kind of as big as my mind could go at the time so i i started taking action i started buying single family houses Uh, I've been active duty in the military for 19 years and what that means is I'm I'm moving every 2 to 3 years. So every time we'd move, you know, we'd look at the local market and if it made sense to buy a place, we'd buy a place and then turn it into a rental when we moved again. So that's really where I got the start and did that for several years and a couple of years ago I realized that, you know, it just wasn't scaling as fast as I wanted it to. You know, it wasn't producing the passive income that I wanted it. It was producing passive income, but you know, it wasn't enough to, you know, really write home about or get super excited about. Uh so I started looking at other ways. I was convinced real estate was the way to do it, but I just hadn't found the right method of real estate. So started researching and you know landed on a book about multifamily almost on accident and you know it kind of opened my eyes to the possibilities. And I started thinking, you know what? It doesn't look like it's much harder than single family. You know, it doesn't look like it's a whole lot more. It's almost buy one get, you know, 12 or 20 or 80 free. Type. because the purchase process on at least a really small multifamily is not much different than the purchase price on the purchase process on single families. So, end of the day, decided to do some apartment investing. Got into a mentoring program, found some partners, and like I said, together we've closed on four apartments right now and getting ready to close on our fifth. So, um once we're, you know, knock on wood assuming everything goes smoothly from here out the fifth apartment that we close on will bring us up to 250 units in about 11 to 12 million dollars in assets under management awesome thanks for sharing that and you mentioned you work on military side how that experience helping you in apartment investing You know there's there's a lot of things I I think with with the military there there's a certain focus. You know, we look at we have a mission and our focus is 100% on that mission. You know, we have to accomplish the mission. And you know, it's it's not a focus on busy work, it's not a focus on anything besides accomplishing the mission, you know. So, when I came and when I decided to start doing apartment buildings, you know, I had a mission before me. I'm I'm going to retire in about a year and you know, 2 years ago is when I really committed to doing this. And so I I looked at the calendar and said, "Okay, when 
when, when am I going to retire? Okay. So late summer, 2021, and I started a countdown. You know, so I said, okay, I, at the, at the time it was like 1400 days. Like, I got 1400 days until I retire from the Marine Corps. And so countdown started and my focus has been accomplishing the mission, which is to create enough income that I can walk away from my my military career a year from now and not lose lose income, not have any lower standard of living for my family. So awesome. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. So what challenges you faced during our real estate and multifamily journey and how did you overcome them? You know, I think one of the biggest challenges is, you know, I've been a Marine for 19 years. You know, when I started, I had been a Marine for 17 years and, you know, most people knew me as Brian the Marine, you know, so when I started syndicating and when you syndicate, you have to get people to invest with you, you know, so I start telling people, hey, I'm buying a big apartment building. Do you want to invest? And I think more often than not, the response was, it wasn't a yes, it wasn't a no. It was, I thought you were Marine or I didn't know you retired. You know, well, I didn't or, or something like that. You know, the, the response was always something along the lines of, but you're a Marine, not an apartment, you know? And so that, that took a little bit of getting over. I had to, you know, personally rebrand myself, you know, and, you know, part of it was, you know, internal mentally, I had to uh, get used to the idea of telling everybody that I was an apartment investor instead of saying I'm a Marine, you know? So, you know, n- nothing wrong with, obviously nothing wrong with being a Marine, but uh, um, when you're trying to uh, get people to invest in apartment deals, you know, they want to invest with an apartment investor or a professional in that industry. So that was probably the biggest challenge, you know, coming from the Marine Corps over. I mean, there, there were lots of challenges, but, uh, you know, number one, I, you know, what other people thought of me was big. Number two, inside my own head, what I thought of me, you know, had to change. Awesome. So and what are your focus markets and what is the reason? Well, we like the Southeast. You know, if you look you know, big picture, what's happening in the US with money and people is people are moving from high cost of living areas to low cost of living areas. So on on the Northeast, you have, you know, very densely populated, very high cost areas, you know, New York, Philadelphia, Boston, you know, all these areas where there's just lots of people and high costs, you know, those people are moving to the South, they're moving to the Southeast. And I think Florida is the number one state they're moving to. But if you look, you know, in the Southeast dynamics, a lot of people are actually moving out of Florida into the Carolinas, you know, so you you've got this, you know, basically migration from north to south into the Carolinas and Florida, and then a smaller migration trend from Florida up into the Carolinas, you know. So, you know, looking at the demographics, that's where people are moving. That's where money's moving. So that's, those are the areas that are going to most likely do well with apartment buildings and with real estate in general over the next five to 10 years. So that's really why we like the Carolinas. Um, As an added bonus, you know, I've lived three years in North Carolina with my wife and kids, and my wife, grew up in Columbia, South Carolina. So we're familiar with the the region. Our, I have two partners that live in the Carolinas as well. So a lot of things pointed to that area and it made sense. Yeah. Awesome. So, and what type of properties and what size of properties are you looking? So right now we have a, a range of, of properties. Our first deal was two properties together, 55 units, you know, and you know, one was a 16 unit, one was a 39 unit. So, you know, I, I think that the smallest, that, that's probably the 16 units, probably the smallest that we'll ever have, but you know, we closed on an 80 unit last uh, month. Actually, hold on. It's it's September already. We closed on the 80 unit in June. It's actually been quite a while. And we're closing on another 80 unit soon. And right now um, we have an LOI signed on something that's about twice the size um, of those 80 units. So right now I think our, our bread and butter from here going forward is going to be somewhere between the 100 and 300 range unit size or yeah, unit count. And we do like B class, C class assets. Right now we own two B class, two C 
C-class. And the one we're closing on is, is a C-class. So we, we're also looking for something with the value add component to it. So, uh, you know, you, you put those together, you know, 100 to 250 units, you know, give or take B-class, C-class and value add. And that's that's our, our purchasing criteria. Okay, cool. So and what is your investment criteria for selecting a deal? Oh, and the investment criteria? Yeah. You know, we look for, we, we want to be competitive. Obviously, you know, if we're syndicating, we have to, you know, compete with other syndicators. Uh, most people who've invested with us have also invested with other people. So we're looking to just stay competitive with what everyone else is doing. And, you know, right now, you know, we're, we're on a lot of people's distro lists. So, you know, we're receiving a lot of people's, you know, deals, underwritings, their pitch decks. And I would say most people for, you know, B and C class value add assets are sitting in the mid teens as far as average annual returns. So, you know, we like to conservatively be in the mid-teens range, you know, four to five years. Uh, that way, you know, in about five years, you know, we'll, we'll double an investor's money and seems to be right now what just about everyone else is doing. And, you know, the deals on the market right now, that's about what they're returning. So it's hard, hard to hard to beat the industry average. So mid-teens is about where we, where we like to sit. Good. So what kind of analysis you'll perform for your, before purchasing a deal? You know, we do a lot of, uh, there's uh, the whole underwriting process. You know, we, we look at the financials, we look at, you know, the T12s, the rent rolls, and we try to get a good idea of what's going on with the property. We have a couple of property managers in the region that, you know, we've worked with before. We have two different property management companies that uh, manage the four units that we have. So, you know, we, we talk to them about areas. We talk to them about, you know, rent growth, you know, what our projections could be. And, you know, we, we match that with what we're seeing as well. We'll look at all the comps. We'll look to see what's uh, going on to the left and to the right of each apartment building. And, you know, we'll, we'll make projections based off of that. I, I think we make fairly conservative projections. And especially now with COVID, you know, I don't think you can count on a lot of rent growth this year in most areas of the United States. And, you know, we're starting to see collections uh, becoming a big deal. You know, the uh, the four apartment buildings we have, you know, it's not like any of them are in dire straits, but we do have lower than average occupancy and we have slightly lower than average collections too. So going forward on our underwriting, you know, we are underwriting, you know, very high vacancies for the first year and very minimal rent bumps, you know, over the, the course of the investment. So, and if it pencils with, with those numbers, if it looks good, you you know, once we, we put those numbers in, you know, it's probably going to to perform, you know, fairly well over the over the next several years. And then of course, you know, during our due diligence period, we, you know, walk the property, we get contractors in, we get bids, we get different estimates on, you know, what the work is going to, you know, what work has to be done. You know, if at all possible, we get into every single unit. With the COVID environment this last time around, I think we got into like 75 of the 82 units. There were a couple people who claimed they had COVID or had been exposed to COVID. So, you know, we legally could not go into those houses. So, or those apartments. So anyway, that long story, you know, uh, make the long story short and sum it all up. Yeah. I think we do a really good job of, of looking over the, the markets, the communities, the numbers from the property itself and the physical condition of the properties. Cool. And thanks for sharing that, Brian. What's your take on like multifamily space during COVID and going forward? You know, I think eventually we're going to learn to live with COVID. You know, if, if you look at my grandparents' generation, you know, they grew up with smallpox, they grew up with polio, they grew up with, you know, measles and a lot of diseases that are quite frankly, a lot more scary than COVID is, you know, and not downplaying COVID at all. But I, I think as a nation and as a maybe a world community, we've kind of forgotten how to deal with viruses like this. You know, I, I've seen some stories from, you know, my, my grandparents' era, where if somebody was exposed 
to typhoid or somebody was exposed to one of these diseases, you know, a self-quarantine was natural. You, you didn't have the government come down and say, everybody has to self-quarantine. It was the natural response because of the seriousness of, of the diseases they were faced with. But I think we're going to eventually learn how to live with it and everything's going to get back to, you know, maybe not the same normal that we had prior to, but we're going to find a new normal that's going to allow us to thrive again in in, this, in the situation that we'll, we'll be in. So I think it's just a temporary setback. I don't think it's anything more than a temporary setback. We'll learn how to live with it. You know, maybe we find a vaccine, maybe we don't, but end of the day, we'll learn how to live with it and we'll move on. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And would you share any of your best and worst apartment investing experiences so far? You know, the best one for, for me is, is still the first one, you know, and why I say that is, is it put us on the map and it was, it was also a long time coming, you know, so we, we had looked at a lot of different apartment buildings. We had put a lot of different offers in, you know, and we hadn't had a lot of success. And so I think just the excitement around getting that first one under contract, you know, I, I literally, when I got the email saying we had it, you know, jumped up and down, you know, so, you know, that, that's probably the best one. And, you know, I think it was also the worst in, in a lot of ways, just because, you know, being the first one, there's, there's a lot of things we didn't know. You know, there's a lot of things that, you know, we maybe hadn't experienced before. And it was a, a very stressful uh, period, you know, probably the, the week or two before closing on that, that apartment is, is probably one of the more stressful times, more, more stressful weeks I've had in my entire life. You know, a lot of dynamics in play. And there were, there's a couple of questions on, you know, is the loan going to be there? You know, our, our lender played some games with us at the very end, you know, it ended the day it was stressful but we we got through it so yeah best and worst would would be that first deal right now okay cool and what is your current focus and share something you're excited about now you know, I'm excited about two things, really. I mean, we started a podcast a couple of months ago, uh, Diary of an Apartment Investor. Um, that's been my focus. And I think it's a, a great, great podcast. We bring an experienced investor on and with an aspiring investor on every episode. And there's question and answer. There, there's learning and mentorship that takes place you know, on the podcast. So that's one thing that I'm really excited about. Um, the next thing I'm excited about is we're creating kind of an educational community platform you know, for, for our investors for, you know, people who just need a little extra help. So, you know, there, there'll be more to follow on that one, but uh, we, we've got our, you know, phase one launch date, you know, of January 1st, 2021. Awesome. And congratulations for that. Thanks. Sir. Appreciate that. Yes. And one advice that impacted you, Bram? You know, advice, you know, a lot of times I go back to, you know, my, my very first big real estate, you know, multifamily conference. I met a guy, retired Air Force. You know, he had also worked at the Pentagon. He lived in the same general area as I did. You know, I remember telling him what I was doing. You know, I, I had a handful of single family and I said, hey, I'm looking for a sixplex or, a, or an eightplex, you know, or maybe a 10 or a 12 unit that I could buy by myself, get myself some track record, some, some experience, and then I'll start syndicating. And I remember he put his hand on my shoulder. He looked at me and he's like, you don't have to do that. You can skip all of that and just go straight to the syndication, you know? And then he he spent two or three minutes giving me a game plan and explaining how I could do that. And, you know, I walked away from that experience, you know, no longer, you know, picking at the ground, but, you know, looking towards, towards the sky and these bigger numbers. And it was probably three months, four months after that, that we got our first 55 unit under contract. So that was, that's probably the best real estate investing advice that I had was just, you know, don't 
worry about the small stuff. You can go straight towards the big stuff and be successful at that. Awesome. So any of your personal habits that helping you to be successful? You know, this is something that I've been working on, you know, making my, my personal habits a little better. You know, I've got a whiteboard that sits in front of me that has, you know, the big ticket ideas, you know, so from where I'm sitting, I just glance up and it's, it's got things that remind me. I mentioned earlier that the countdown that I had, um, I think that countdown is probably you know, the, the most important thing or the biggest driver for me is, you know, I'll sit down and I'll say, okay, I've got 326 days until I retire, which is today's number. I have 326 days until I retire. You know, that's not a lot of time. And that constant reminder is pushing me towards action, you know? So if, if I ever sit down and think, man, I really don't want to do anything today, you know, that number is always on the forefront of my mind. And it's like, you know what? I don't have long. I've got less than 10 months or uh, 10 months and change left before I'm going to run out of a paycheck. So I, th- I think keeping that, you know, on the mind is, is probably the most important thing that I do on a daily basis. Cool. That's cool. And any books that impacted your life and what way? Books that have impacted my life, you know, the, the number one book that has impacted my life is the Book of Mormon. You know, I, I think that I, I try to model my life around, you know, the, the principles in that book. Um, you know, real estate wise, I think the, you know, probably the two best books, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I've already mentioned. And then, you know, one that, uh, you know, I've got an arm's reach called, called Raising Capital for Real Estate by Hunter Thompson. So those are probably the three books that, uh, you know, one for life, two for real estate that um, have made an impact. Awesome. So how are you giving back to community, Brian? Yeah, I, I do a lot of volunteer work in my church. I mean, it was it was a lot more pre-COVID because we just haven't been able to, you know, meet and do as many things as, as before. But uh, I've been involved with with youth groups and with, you know, the Sunday meetings and, and things like that. So that tends to be what I do most. And I do spend a lot of time on the phone with people who like to, you know, who are aspiring real estate investors. You know, part of the reason we, we did that podcast idea is because I already spend a lot of time on the phone with people who want to do what we're doing. So yeah, I I try to give back as much as I can, try to spend as much time as I can giving back. But, uh, you know, every once in a while, I've got to, you know, pull myself away from that and and do things that uh, help get the ball forward on, on the real estate business. That's cool. And how can listeners can connect with you? My email address is Brian Briscoe at Four Oaks Capital, all spelled out, no numbers in there. And um, the website is fouroakscapital.com. And the podcast, once again, Diary of an Apartment Investor. And if you go to the website or if you go to the apart to the, the podcast, you know, I've got my contact information plastered all over those things. It's in show notes of every episode. So you guys, anybody who wants to get a hold of me, you know, go to the podcast. That's probably the, the surefire way to do it. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. I really enjoyed the conversation yeah thanks i appreciate your time if you like the show please subscribe share rate and review and if you want to connect with me please send me a message info at ushacapital.com thank you for listening creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast i hope you learned something from the show see you in the next episode thank you any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only as always Please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.